This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And the Lord then went on to emphasize his focus on the individual when he used the word him. He said, verse we're just talking about, Matthew 7, 24, Matthew 7, 24, I will liken him unto a wise man, not them unto wise men, but him, a wise man, one individual who built his house, not their house, upon a rock. So the Lord's focus is on the individual, single person, not on the group. And that was the reason the Lord commanded the leper not to tell anyone that he'd healed him because if the leper had broadcast around, which the leper did do, how the Lord healed him, there would have been a mob reaction, and there was a mob reaction, a great group where masses would have flocked to the Lord just for healing, without any regards to the need of establishing a personal one-on-one relationship with the Lord, and that's what happened as the leper went out and broadcast everyone everywhere that the Lord had healed him of his leprosy, The mob assembled, and the Lord wanted nothing to do with that big group. So the Lord left the city. He left the city, and he went out and camped out in the desert. And that way, anyone who wanted to come to the Lord came one by one into the desert, which wasn't easy. To find the Lord, just like when the tabernacle was removed from the middle of the camp of Israel in the desert there. And then those who wanted to seek the Lord, they had to leave the camp and go one by one out to the tabernacle in Moses' day. And that's recorded in Exodus 33.7. Exodus 33.7. Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord, went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. So the Lord's interest is in a personal relationship, a personal relationship that's not fostered by a mob rushing to the Lord. 
And that's why oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes the Lord performed miracles on people privately and make it as personal and intimate as possible. Remember, there was a raising of a daughter and the Lord said, no, I'm going in alone with the family, that's all. Because this is just how the Lord deals with souls, one by one. Each person needs to come to the Lord directly and discover for themselves intimately who the Lord is themselves. And based on that knowledge, establish their own relationship with the Lord, which is based on confession, repentance, dedication, and commitment to him. And that's not done as a group. The Lord is very interested in those who come to their own conclusions of who the Lord is, and he emphasized this to his disciples when they were uh, right by the seaside, the beach, at Caesarea Philippi, and sits down with his disciples and starts this conversation about what do other people think? Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So what the Lord is doing here is that he's drawing out from his disciple what others, what the crowds thought of who he was. And then in a dramatic turn, just like the Lord is turning to each one of his disciples and says, how about you? I mean you. How about you? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do each of one of you say? I, who do each of one of you say I am? So this issue of what the crowd thinks versus what the individual thinks was what the Lord addressed when he was standing before Pilate in the most important time in Pilate's life. Will never be repeated again, just this one time, one opportunity, and when the Lord speaks to Pilate as an individual, one-on-one, -on -one, in John 18.33, John 18.33, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? So Pilate is asking the Lord, Are you the king of the Jews? That was Pilate, the creature, asking Jesus, his creator, a question about who the Lord was. And that was the Lord's true compassion for Pilate. That was the Lord's love for Pilate. That was the Lord interested in the lost Pilate being found by the Lord Jesus. So in essence, what the Lord is saying to Pilate, is he's saying to Pilate, Pilate, have you given any thought yourself as to who I am? Have you stopped just listening to the crowds and closed that door and gone into the inner sanctum of your own heart? and ask the question, who is Jesus? Have you done that? He's saying, are you saying the words, king of the Jews, because you heard it? Someone else told you that? Pilate, have you thought of how you need me to be your king right now? That's the conversation that's going on, the unspoken conversation. Most meaningful conversation that Pilate will ever have on this side of Pilate's eternity. 
And that was the time when the Savior turned to Pilate and asked him, how about you, Pilate? Just as he did with the disciples. Isn't it time that you stop listening to the crowds? Isn't it time that you make your own personal decision to fall before me like the leper did? Worship, confess me as God? Isn't this your time, Pilate, to be saved from your sins? And it all came down to the Lord's individual, intimate call to Pilate for Pilate to bow and worship before Jesus as his king when the Lord said in John 18, 34, John 18, 34, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Now, it's important when we consider this to see that this directive that the Lord gave to the leper to not make known the fact that the Lord had healed him was made to a Jewish leper, and the command was to not make this healing known to the Jewish people. It's very important to see that. Why? Because the Jewish people were different from all the other people, and the main difference between the Jewish people and other people is described for us in Romans 3, 1 and 2. Romans 3, 1 and 2 where the question is asked, what advantage then hath the Jew, and what profit is there in circumcision? Answer, much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Unto them were committed the Bible. Only to the Jewish people were committed the scriptures. As a matter of fact, the enemies of the Jews, the Arabs, the Arab people, refer to the Jewish people today as the people of the book. That's how they refer to the people of the book. And that's how God sees the Jewish people too. They are the people of the book. So God said about the, to the Jewish people, about the Jewish people in Isaiah 35.3, Isaiah 35.3, it says, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come. Goes on. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap as an heart and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. So the scripture here is describing in this passage in Isaiah 35, what will happen when your God will come. There would be healings, healing of blind, the lame, the deaf, the dumb. And the Lord wanted the people to not be caught up with the excitement of a mob over one leper's healing. But the Lord wanted for the individual Jewish people, Jewish persons, to understand the whole of all his healings that the Lord had done, and for each person to individually come to the conclusion that he is the one described in Isaiah 35, uh, 35.3. He is the one described in Isaiah 35.3. He is God who was predicted to come and save them. Now, that Jewish people, that's the Lord, not wanting this leper to start this mob of, oh, the excitement of the healing, but for it just to be kind of be heard about and then to come to the conclusion he must be the one of Isaiah 35, he must be the one of the book because we are the people of the book. Now, by contrast, when the Lord came to the Gentile people who did not have the Bible, his directive was the opposite. When he told the Gentile Gadarene man 
who he had healed from demon possession. And the Lord told that man in Mark 5.15, Mark 5.15, Mark 5.15, they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and have the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell him that he was possessed of the devil and also concerning the swine. They began to pray him to depart out of their coast. When he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil, it's the healed man, prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and have had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. So the Lord told the Jewish leper to not tell any man what he had done in healing him because the Lord wanted the Jewish people to go back to the scriptures that they had, that they were the people of, and see the given totality of what the Lord did and that he has to be God. But in the case of the Gentile Gadarene, for the Lord delivered demon possession, the Lord told that man to go home and tell everyone about the great things that Jesus has done for them, the great things that God had done for them. He led this man to come to the conclusion that Jesus was God because the great things were done by Jesus, and Jesus says the great things were done by God, which means that Jesus is God. So the Gentile obeyed. In Mark 5, 20 states that the Gentile told how great things Jesus had done for him. But in both cases of the leper and the Gadarene, the testimony was the same. For the leper was the testimony to the Jewish people was from Isaiah 35, 4, that Jesus the healer was God, that the testimony was Jesus was God. And for the Gadarene, his testimony to the Gentile people was the direct statement that Jesus the healer was God. His testimony was that Jesus was God. Both had the same effect. For the Jewish leper, it was the scripture speaking in Isaiah 35, 4, that said the message Jesus was God. In the case of the Gentile Gadarene, it was his own mouth that spoke the message that Jesus was God. Both cases, Jew and Gentile, the Lord is looking for those individuals who will come to their own personal conviction, which determines salvation, and that conviction is Jesus is God, their creator. Now, you should not think that the Lord was trying to hide the fact that he's God, because we see in verse four, how the Lord is interested in reaching people. He says in verse four, go thy way, Matthew 8, 4, go thy way, show thyself to the priest, offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now in the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus affirmed that he did not come to destroy the law. He said that in Matthew 5, 17, right off the bat, Matthew 5, 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, I'm not come to destroy but to fulfill. And the law in Leviticus that he did not come to destroy assigned to the priest the, res the unique responsibility to declare that a person was a leper. For example, Leviticus 13. Leviticus 13 is a chapter about leprosy. Leviticus 13.8. Leviticus 13.8. If the priest shall see that, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. And the Levitical law also assigned to the same priest the unique responsibility to declare that a person was clean of leprosy. For example, in Leviticus 13.6, Leviticus 
priest shall look on him again the seventh day, and behold, if the plague be somewhat dark, and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. The scab shall wash his clothes clean. So regarding leprosy, the priest pronounced people unclean, and the priest pronounced people clean of leprosy. So the Lord directed this healed leper to go immediately to the priest for his pronouncement of clean of leprosy. It was not merely to follow, no, it was not just for that purpose, just so he could get an official pronouncement. But the Lord also directed the leper to go there, because as it says in verse 4, for a testimony unto them. Even though the priests were his enemies, were the Lord's enemies, the Lord loved the priests and wanted them and wanted to save the priests from their sins. It's like we were enemies, and the Lord loved us and wanted to save us. Romans 5.8, Romans 5.8, God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord said that he wanted this healed leper to be a testimony unto them. Now, what did the Lord mean? What testimony did the Lord intend for the priest to receive from this healed leper? Because the leper was not going to go in there and say, healed me. Well, he did, but he wasn't supposed to. So in a sense, what we see here is an elegant subtlety. An elegant subtlety to what the Lord was intending. The Lord told the man, see thou tell no man. And Mark, see thou say nothing to any man. Go thy way, show thyself to the priest for a testimony. Now, the Lord did not want the leper to tell the priest what happened to him. He just wanted the man to tell the priest that just to present himself, say, I need a pronouncement, uh, clean or unclean. He wanted the man to present himself for examination so he could be clean, and then he would gift a thanksgiving for, what, for God having healed him. So it's very clear in the scriptures that there was only one person who could heal a person from leprosy. As a matter of fact, the king of Israel, having to be a bad king, but he said things right sometimes. The king of Israel, when he was asked by the king of Syria to heal one of the Syrian captains named Naaman, the king of Israel said in 2 Kings 5, 6, 2 Kings 5, 6, when he got the letter, when the king of Israel got the letter from the king of Syria, it says, and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that a man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? With common knowledge, that only God could heal from leprosy. People didn't get over it. People didn't naturally get over leprosy. They didn't heal, get healed themselves, only God. So this healed man was a testimony of the priests that whoever healed him was God, that Jesus is God, in other words. But this was a conclusion that each individual priest had to come to on his own. That was the Lord's design. Because the healed leper was not supposed to go in front of the, the, the priest with a big sign on him and then holding up a sign that says, I've been healed by God and his name is Jesus. So I'm supposed to do that. But the, the leper was told explicitly, don't tell anybody that I healed you. Just go to the priest and get the pronouncement of cleansing. And it was then left, the Lord wanted it to be left, to each individual priest to come to their own conviction as to who Jesus was. 
at least to show some curiosity as to who Jesus was. You know, some started with the conviction that, well, God was with Jesus. That was Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to him by night in John 3, 2. John 3, 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Okay, that was his starting point. God was with him. Some started with the conviction that he was the Messiah. Okay, that's John 7, 31. Many of the people believed on him and said, when Messiah cometh, will he do more miracles than these, which this man doeth? Okay, he was the Messiah. That was their starting point. Those are all good starting points. But those convictions that God was with Jesus or that Jesus was the Messiah, they're just the road, but they're not the end of the road. The end of the road, the road ends with the conviction of Peter, as we just read. Matthew 16, 16, Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What he was saying, what Peter was saying is that you are the Messiah, the living God, his Son. That's what he's saying. So by sending the leper into the priest as a testimony unto them, where the leper did not, was not supposed to tell him who healed him, shows the method of how God brings souls to himself. The testimony was one where the priest should have marveled started their own personal probe to find out who healed this man. But the tragedy was that for so many, they would not let their hearts lead them to see Jesus as God, the healer of the leper. Nope, out of the question, won't go there. The marvel of that healed leper was just like the marvel of creation. Because just as the priest stood there looking at the wonderful sight of a healed leper, so people today stand looking at the wonderful sights of creation. But when so many of the priests heard from others that it was Jesus who did that, that marvel of healing the leper, they stopped there. They refused to acknowledge Jesus as God. And that's like so many today who see that there is obviously a creator behind all these marvelous works of nature, but they also stop there and refuse to acknowledge the existence of a creator just as the leper was a testimony to the priest that Jesus is God, so creation is a testimony to the world that there is a creator. And the tragedy is, is that those priests stopped their hearts from probing who Jesus was. So the tragedy today is that people stopped their hearts from probing who is the creator of nature. Sort of like a pioneer who stumbles across, is going across the country, stumbles across the Grand Canyon, looks at it and says, Oh, big ditch. Let's keep going. Refuses to marvel at the Grand Canyon when the Lord says in Matthew 8, 4, show thyself to the priest, offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Showed that God, Jehovah Jesus, also loved the priest. And God, Jehovah Jesus, was, 2 Peter 3, 9, not willing that any, even the priest, should perish, but that all, even the priests, should come to repentance. Shows us what Jesus wanted when it says in 1 Timothy 2.4, 1 Timothy 2.4, all men, even the priests, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the Lord who came, did such wonderful things, healing the leper, Lord, making the elegant subtlety for people to find you on their own, by their own conviction. Thank you for your gentleness, Lord. Your gentleness has made us great. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.